There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Welcome to Now Playing Podcast Review of the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. Part of Now Playing's Avengers and Marvel Comics movie series. The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Earth's mightiest heroes. Hosted by Arnie. A legendary hero who will save countless lives. Jacob. I'm a hero, ain't I then? And Stuart. Don't come at me with no damn gifts! I hate Christmas! What are you prepared to do? At NowPlayingPodcast.com, you can find reviews that span the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I can do this all day. But be warned, this episode will contain detailed plot spoilers and mildly objectionable language. And I am guru. Listener discretion is advised. Gentlemen, you're up. We hope you enjoy the show. Showtime, a-holes! Merry Christmas! Today we're discussing the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, starring Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, Tom Clematif, featuring Vin Diesel as Groot, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Sean Gunn, the old 97s, with Michael Rooker, and introducing Kevin Bacon. He's never been in anything before? <laughs> uh, he was a villain in an X-Men movie, but this is his first foray into the official Marvel Universe. So he's introduced into the MCU. That's yes. what you're introducing yeah. him. Don't come at me with no damn gifts. Even though it's Christmas, this is Arnie, co-host of Now Playing. And Stuart. And this is the host who will never get over the Zarg nuts, Jacob. So welcome to a bonus stocking stuffer episode. What can we say? The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is considered a TV movie, but it's a bite-sized short one. So we thought we'd do a bite-sized short podcast review as a Christmas treat for you guys. I mean, how could we not do a holiday special? We did the Star Wars holiday special. You know, you used the collective we. It was Arnie. Arnie was the one that came at me and was like, we need to put this on the calendar. I was like, bah humbug. We've done a lot of shows this year. I'm exhausted. I was like, really? One more show? You're such a Scrooge. We already did Jingle All the Way. How much more Christmas <laughs> cheer can we bring these people? But you know what? Yeah, I got to be grateful. I got to be glad that we're like 13 years into Arnie convincing me I should talk about Midnight Meat Train on a microphone <laughs> to this point. Yeah, I'm trying to get into the spirit, but I didn't want to do another show. And let alone a Christmas show. We know that you don't like Christmas. Uh, you know what? The holiday is iffy, but Christmas movies, I can't think of one that I like. Can we get some ghosts to visit this guy? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, that'd be cool. I'd love that ghost to come visit me. Like, make it super scary. Now, I watched 
this the day it came out, the day after Thanksgiving. I was excited. I heard this was being filmed at the same time as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. James Gunn, head of DC Mm. Motion Pictures now, said that this was vital, that this would tie together things that we see in Volume 3. I swear Kevin Bacon better be the bad guy in that or something and reference this special for that to be true. (laughs) You know, Guardians is one of my favorite series in the MCU, even though the second one I have mixed feelings about, but I still love that first one so much. I couldn't wait to see what James Gunn would bring. James Gunn is usually a little off kilter, so I was expecting a little bit of a ironic holiday special. Yeah, and I think Guardians for me operates this kind of weird space in the Marvel Universe because I famously didn't get it the first time. I just want to say again, I was in a giant crowd that was silent when I watched Volume 1, that first movie. I mean, that influences you. When you're watching a comedy and people aren't laughing, you you start to feel like, oh, there's something wrong with the movie. And so, yeah, I ended up saying... Mild, not recommend. It was mild, by the way. Lots of things I liked about it. And then I really got it because, like, get him off the show, off with his head. (laughs) This is apparently one of the very best Marvel movies of all time. What Arnie said, everyone else outside of my movie theater seemed to hold that opinion. I did go back and reevaluate it before part two and flip the arrow, saw the charm, but again, ended up on the wrong side of opinion because I thought volume two was an improvement. I was there with you. (laughs) Arnie's saying it was not as good. And what I would say is it's not as funny. But to me, that was the improvement, that they actually deepened the emotions of the characters. And so I guess I'm the weird, Jacob and I, you and I can live in the space where (laughs) part two is so much better than the first one. I remember being really let down by part two because I had such high expectations. And then now I've come to terms with it and enjoy it for what it is. But if I'm deciding just to watch a Guardians film, it's not part two. But are you excited about volume three? I mean, here's what I can say is I needed a primer. I haven't gone back to watch either of them. They weren't a big part of that Thor movie. I thought that I was really going to like reintroduce the characters and get the storylines back. Nope. <laughs> I couldn't remember anything that happened. I'm like, did Gamora die? What was going on? She died and then a past version came back in Endgame and Peter's couldn't connect with her because she didn't know him. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory going on. I'm not excited for part three, but I recognize I needed this primer. This is going to be a holiday special, yes, but it's also going to remind you who the Guardians are, where we last left them, because it's been a while. I think part three was supposed to be out years ago, and just because they've flipped their calendar so many times, we'll get it this coming May. But that was my curiosity. Yeah, this special was planned pre-COVID. Kevin Bacon was hired pre-COVID, he talks about, and everything got delayed because of that. So, because this was done during Guardians 3, odds are Guardians 3 also COVID gave it a push. And just as far as Marvel goes, you know, at the end of Black Panther, we discussed all the Marvel to come. Here, this is the last gasp of Phase 4, by the way. Mm. We thought we finished Phase 4. This is squeezing (laughs) into Phase 4. These phases mean nothing now. (laughs) It doesn't, really. But more importantly, like, I've heard this is the last gasp of Guardians, that Gunn won't be back for sure. Oh, have you seen 
I mean, the trailer for Guardians 3 finally dropped, and it looks super emotional. Like, it really does look like it's trying to tie things up, at least for Gunn. There's a trailer out? No, I had no idea. Yes, it just came out recently. I can't keep up with this. I'm barely aware of (laughs) Ant-Man. But yeah, Zoe Saldana saying she's done. So it does seem like it's the last gasp. And rumor has it, take it for what you will, Bob Iger is shaking things up and saying quality over quantity for Marvel and reduce cost on Disney Plus with original content. So we may be seeing a lot less Marvel in the future. Fewer TV shows. Thank God for Bob Iger. And... Rumor has it a limit of three movies a year. No more four movies a year, five movies a year. Yeah, that does seem excessive. I would appreciate having less of that. I think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But I also, I don't know, you know, I did have a niece over for Thanksgiving and she's super into Marvel. Captain America is her favorite. And she really liked the first Guardians. I told her this thing was coming out. Did she want to watch? She made a face. She was just like, I don't really like Chris Pratt anymore. Oh, Chris Pratt has fallen off with the younger crowd. I I don't get it. Like, I hear lots of things, but younger people are much more into social justice, and I guess he's done some things to upset people. Well, fortunately for her, he's barely in this. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) If only I had known that, I could have gotten her to watch it. But, you know, it might have been a component of that, but I also sensed he's made some movies that are not great. Those Jurassic World movies are not good. Like, it doesn't feel like the Chris Pratt we all fell in love with with Guardians. Passengers was no good. Tomorrow War, I saw that too. And yeah, not good. Yeah, he needs a big thing. And his star is fading. And so it does feel like the luster is off Guardians. Can this holiday special brighten the anticipation for the third, possibly final movie? Well, Arnie, give him the plot. We'll find out. Plot? You gonna sing us a couple songs and then head out? On Earth, it's Christmas time. And out on the planet nowhere, and yes, I know it's technically the head of a dead celestial, Peter Quill is suffering heartbreak. He lost his love Gamora, as seen in Infinity War and Endgame. To try and cheer Peter up, Drax and Mantis travel to Earth to get Peter a Christmas present. They kidnap and bring to Peter his hero, the actor Kevin Bacon, played by Kevin Bacon. Mantis uses her empathic powers to get Bacon to go willingly. But once in nowhere, Mantis removes her spell and Bacon starts to panic. Peter sends him home, but before he leaves, Bacon learns he was brought here to help restore Peter's Christmas spirit. So Kevin Bacon sings a Christmas song for all of nowhere, then returns home. Peter is touched by the thought of bringing Christmas to nowhere, but he's even more elated when Mantis reveals she's kept a secret for over a decade by my math. She is a daughter of Ego, meaning she's Peter Quill's half-sister. Peter embraces his newly discovered family member as credits roll. But didn't Ego have a lot of children? Like, I feel like that's not not an exclusive club there. But Ego killed them all. Mm. That's the thing is he- That's right. There's that giant cavern of skeletons. I vaguely remember these things. I got to go back before May. I promise I'll go back and watch the two. Yeah, so- Because Mantis could help Ego sleep, she was spared the fate of all of Ego's other children. 
But that was never hinted at in Guardians 2, right? Arnie, like, I'm going to you. I know you remember all this stuff. No, it wasn't hinted at, but it was wondered where did Mantis come from? How did he find Mantis? Mantis wasn't one of his lovers, and that seemed to be what he was searching the galaxy for. So it makes sense. I could see that as being in James Gunn's mind. But just for timeline purposes, since I, I mentioned this in the plot summary... Yeah, you said a decade? It's been a decade since Guardians 2 in this timeline? Guardians 2 took place six months after Guardians 1, and Guardians 1 was 2014. Wow, okay. Now, Infinity War took place in 2018, and then we had the five-year jump to Endgame, so that's 2022. This holiday special must be taking place in 2023 or 2024, so they've been a crew for about 10 years as I do the math. Wow. And Mantis is just now deciding she needs to reveal this parentage secret to Peter Quill. I'll just go ahead and say, I didn't remember Mantis. I, she wasn't in the first movie, so there was that. But, like, if you asked me to name all the Guardians, I would have completely forgot about this girl with the antennae. But that's not even where we start with this. We go way back to Yondu. He's back when he was alive in an animated sequence, which I get. This is a Christmas special. The vibe I got off this opening animation, it felt very rotoscoped. Ralph Bakshi, we talked about it in Lord of the Rings. Like, there is just something about the movement. I don't know. Maybe there's some cheap, easy software you could film these scenes and then just render it with fake rotoscoping. It made me think of the Boba Fett stuff in the holiday special yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. I have to think that's intentional. Oh, definitely. The fact that there's songs, the fact that there's an animated sequence... The fact that this is called a holiday special, even though it's all about Christmas and no other holidays are mentioned, <laughs> this has to be an homage to that disastrous Star Wars thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's James Gunn's sensibility, right? Like, give me the trashy one, and that's the one I want to emulate. That's the Star Wars movie he'd make. The other thing I thought about is James Gunn almost didn't want to do Guardians Volume 3, he had initially said no, this was before he was fired for those old tweets, because he didn't want to make a movie without Michael Rooker. He wasn't sure if he wanted to go back to Guardians and not have Michael Rooker, who died in part two. And so when we start here with Michael Rooker voicing Yondu, I'm like, yep, gotta bring in Michael Rooker somehow. Makes me wonder if there'll be a flashback for volume three. <laughs> Right. It sets up the idea that while Peter was still a boy trying to hold on to Earth traditions, uh, he was kind of a weird sentiment. But this space pirate is basically saying we don't take handouts and kicking presents in the tree down. His issue seems to be in the giving itself. And this is all being told by Craglin. Now, do you remember Craglin, Stuart, if you didn't remember Mantis? <laughs> Vaguely. I remember the Mohawk was basically it. Yeah, Sean Gunn, the brother here, he, he was always fun in those Guardian movies, even if I didn't know what his name was then. And here we have our main cast. It's the B-lister Guardians. We're going to have a little bit of Nebula, a little bit of Kraglin, a lot of Drax, and dare I say too much of Mantis. She really changes here. Like, she starts yelling. I don't remember her being so ferocious, like, just calling people out and yelling at them in, in that Guardians 2. Like I said, I didn't even remember her. Now she feels like a part of the group, maybe even the leader, since we have Peter moping around. And again, it took me a while to realize why that might be. It gets said that he's missing Gamora. She is trying to make him feel better. And they all bought Nowhere. Did that happen? Yeah, when did this happen? <laughs> yeah, this is two major things that are mentioned that made me raise my eyebrows. First, they bought Nowhere. 
I don't know where they got the money, and I don't know why they want to own Nowhere. <laughs> that doesn't seem like something Guardians would do, is real estate, but okay. And then they say they bought it from the Collector. I thought the Collector was dead. Remember Infinity War, when we see the Collector imprisoned, and then it turns out that was just an illusion from the Reality Stone, and Thanos had destroyed the Collector's collection and left it in ruins. We never saw the Collector's body, but it seemed implied the Collector was dead. But I guess Benicio Del Toro can return. He's somewhere out there having sold this entire celestial head. <laughs> To the Guardians. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. You know I don't go that deep with it. But yeah, I couldn't remember how Benicio turned out. But I heard those words. That he sold them this place, and now it's their base. And for reasons, they're trying to clean it up. And we have scenes of Rocket working with Cosmo the dog... This is another one that I vaguely remember. I thought that Cosmo was imprisoned in the cage next to Howard the Duck. Were they ever in the movies before? Yeah, Cosmo, I mean, it just those little cameos, I guess you could call it, or Easter eggs, where, yeah, it was in the collector's collection, but I guess that was part that they bought. Like, you get Cosmo with nowhere. And I saw some online fury. Wait, you turned Cosmo female? They're going woke! There's a female voice for Cosmo? Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Wow, okay, that's that's a little overboard, people. It's a dog. Guess what? Lassie was a girl. Obviously, if Borat 2 had gotten an Oscar nomination because of a guy, they would have gone with the guy. But Maria Bakalova was a big deal. She really helped save that second Borat movie. She also had a good turn in a recent A24 murder mystery, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, she's kind of a get here. You thought that was good, huh? It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. She was pretty good in it. She was good, yes, I liked her in it. But, yes, she's a telekinetic dog here, which <laughs> I didn't realize from the comics. You know, something else I don't realize, and I just don't know them, who are the old 97s? I'm not familiar with this band. I have to figure all the music in this is old something. This feels, and look, James Gunn, he's a Jet Xer, but like this whole soundtrack feels very 2000s. 90s. Pop punk almost. Yeah, nine, Yeah, we get Smashing Pumpkins. We do get the Pogues. Like, that's the one thing I will not complain about is the Pogues being in this. But yeah, most of this music feels very dated. And again, I guess it's just James Gunn picking what he likes. I don't remember this band, but there were a lot of this type. Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Fountains of Wayne is in this soundtrack. It is. like they, It just feels like in that vein of like semi-joke band. Weezer, they might be giants. You know, it's got a punky attitude, a, a sarcasm, sense of humor. I don't really know the band, and I definitely can't pronounce the name of this alien, but they <laughs> introduced the idea that this is very much a musical holiday special. They have a whole song about Santa being this furry freak that that puts dung in your socks and picks your locks. Yeah, this song that they sing at the beginning, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here, actually debuted at number four on Billboard's holiday digital song sales. <laughs> I'm disappointed, though, because one of the greatest things about the Guardians movies have been their soundtracks that compile all these classic songs. I really come to appreciate part two for introducing me to a lot of songs I didn't know. Here... Their soundtrack only has the Kevin Bacon song and this opening Old 97 song. The rest is score. All of these songs from the Pogues and Low and Hanoi Rocks, 
they didn't put out a soundtrack with all of those. I would have liked a Volume 3 Christmas album because it's versions of Christmas songs I don't normally hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. That has been a hallmark of the Guardians was they had those mixtapes and that they were retro and their sensibilities and, and humor, their cheesiness fits in with this branch of the Marvel Universe. But yeah, it's a musical. Are you guys okay with that? I didn't know, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, from that animated opening to the fact that nowhere, and this isn't necessarily a complaint, but it just looks like a big old backlot that they would film a Christmas special at with your favorite TV (laughs) stars. I feel like that's got to be intentional. So I'm going with the vibe. Like it feels like they know what a Christmas or holiday special is supposed to be. And they're leaning into that. It's a little cheesy at times because holiday specials are cheesy. I laughed at the song, I Don't Know What Christmas Is. I found the lyrics. It's got a good chorus. It's got a good hook. It it gets in your head. It does. It's stuck in my head far more than the Kevin Bacon song did. I'll say that much. After I watched this for the second time for this review, I went around humming that song for quite a while. (laughs) And you mentioned Kevin Bacon, but this becomes the story engine. Is that Mantis, in wanting to cheer up her half-brother, is trying to think of a Christmas gift. It's Drax that suggests a joke that I barely remembered. Again, these are not movies that I think about. You don't remember Kevin Bacon. I remember vaguely in the first movie him doing something from Footloose at the end to make Ronan annoyed but like it was kind of weird it does feel like the Kevin Bacon lore has been expanded because they're going to be like he told us about fighting Jason and like he's really gone through every film which I don't even know how many Kevin Bacon films he was around for on earth he did bring up Kevin Bacon also in Infinity War when he meets Peter Parker he's like is Footloose still the best movie ever made and Peter's like it never (laughs) was so Peter was probably referring to the remake, though. Mm, True. He probably didn't know about the remake, but yeah, there weren't a whole lot of Kevin Bacon movies, I don't- Quicksilver! Do you remember that? It was gonna do for cycling what Rocky did for boxing. What Gleaming the Cube did for skateboarding. (laughs) Yeah, that's about (laughs) what it did. Anyway, they're gonna go get Kevin Bacon, and it really announces that this is basically Mantis and Drax, who- if I remember this correctly, we're kind of becoming an item in that last movie, but the romance seems to have cooled off now. You always said that. I always didn't see it. Yeah, I don't remember that part. I'll have to rewatch it to prep for three. You'll have to just re-listen to our podcast because <laughs> Stuart was saying that and I'm like, no, nah, I just I don't see that happening. What I also didn't see happening is them going to Man's Chinese Theater. This seems just extraneous and silly. This is the note I was making throughout. This is a Christmas special. Okay, we have aliens going to Earth. They're experiencing Christmas for the first time. They've heard about it secondhand. I'm expecting lots of fish-out-of-water Christmas jokes, holiday jokes. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting... Look, I laughed about that GoBots joke, but... It feels weird that we're going to do cosplayer montage for so long. Like a whole song is going to do this whole Hollywood cosplay, you know, getting the tours to give you dollars for pictures montage. And it's, I don't know, that doesn't feel Christmassy to me. Uh, they did do it in Hawkeye, though. If you remember, they had the whole thing built around the musical of uh, Avengers 1, you know. They had turned that into a Broadway show. It's kind of the same joke that now that they see a man, a fake Captain America, and they're trying to chase him down. It's Marvel in love with its own celebrity, right? I thought it was funnier when Drax was mistaken for Kratos from God of War. I like the fact that if you look in the background, blink and you miss it, there is a sign for Kingo from the Eternals in a movie. 
there's a sign advertising his Bollywood film. Well, yeah, I missed that one. I've watched this twice. Kingo, is that eternal? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was only last year, and I barely remember that. Okay, gotcha. Remember there was the one that liked being in movies? Yes. <laughs> I mean, vague, vague memories of that whole movie. And the fact that they are introducing GoBots are now canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I had to look this up because I know Marvel, they did like Transformer comics back in the day. I'm like, did they do GoBots? Like, GoBots are the worst. I would love a GoBots movie, though. Like, let's get Michael Bay on GoBots. Like, yeah, but Marvel never did GoBots. Yeah, I couldn't tell whether it was a Transformer and they he mistook it for a GoBot. No, I, that's definitely a Go. You didn't watch GoBots, did you, as a kid? I didn't even watch Transformers. Like, that wasn't my childhood. Yeah, I watched GoBots. That was a GoBot. I had that GoBot. <laughs> That was the main bad guy. That was the Megatron for GoBots, that motorcycle guy. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of self-referential pop culture jokes happening here. And then just to make it a little bit more auteur, we, uh, we'll go to a gay bar and, and Drax gets hit on and Mantis does shots. Was that a gay bar? I wasn't sure. Yes. I got the vibe that it was, yeah. A hundred percent. There were a lot of women there, so I wasn't quite sure. Which are a lot of women in gay bars. Have you ever been to a gay bar? Lots of women in gay bars. They love it. That's where they can dance and feel safe. But again, is this Christmas? Like, none of this feels like Christmas to me as we're going around town looking for Kevin Bacon. It's We're experiencing Earth stuff, but not holiday stuff. They pass a nativity scene every now and then, but I guess it's a Hollywood Christmas, which is a weird place to celebrate Christmas. I always remember if I was stuck in L.A. in December, it was a weird thing to see the mistletoe go up and no snow. No, none of the things that I associate. That's because you're not a native. Like, that's just yeah, normal. Like. But yeah, they finally get a star map and don't even have to pay the $40. They rob a woman. Mantis uses her power. Uh, that woman was trying to rob them. 45 bucks for a star right. map. Those are always out of date anyway. Yeah, but they took her fanny pack, though. Yeah. Yeah, they did steal the rest of her money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought was a lot. And then maybe you guys recognized it. We get this quick animated sequence of Drax and Mantis. They didn't go straight to Kevin Bacon's. They went to other stars' houses. Drax went to see John Cena, who, of course, is... Peacemaker in James Gunn movie. Also a wrestler who he probably wrestled at one time. Yeah, that's true. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the houses Mantis went to. There were two others who I didn't recognize, though. Was one of them Margot Robbie? How did you figure this out? There's an animation of a map where they're, like, zooming around it, looking for the celebrities. Oh, you must have freeze-framed and all. Okay. Yeah, I did not freeze-frame, so I don't know. Yeah, I watched this once, and, like, if I turned away <laughs> from the screen, it was fine. Like, I didn't study this already, so I don't know whose houses they went. <laughs> And here I thought you would have freeze-framed it and had a list for me, because I didn't know most of the names. But they finally get to Kevin Bacon's house, and if he's living this large after Bernie Madoff took all his money... Did he get ripped off by him? He was part of that? Oh, yeah. He famously lost everything. But if losing everything in Hollywood means you're living in this place with that awesome fireplace... Take all my money too, please. Well, this is a this is fake. This is not Kevin yes. Bacon's actual <laughs> home. Kevin Bacon is playing a version of himself watching Santa Claus conquers the Martians. He's playing a version of himself that really is amused by that movie. Like, look, <laughs> I know it's Mystery Science Theater 3000 fodder, but it's not laugh out loud funny. No, he laughs like a goon at this. Yes. <laughs> but are you laughing at this? We have a lot of physical comedy of Drax and Mantis jumping over fences and falling in love with inflatables. 
animals and just being goofy. Every once in a while when they when they're debating if a candy cane is a man, I don't know, every once in a while it's just off kilter enough it will get a chuckle out of me, the tiny man references. It's not uproariously funny, but I'm chuckling. The jokes are obvious, but I am smirking at some of them. I do wonder if Mantis can jump the way we see her jump. Why did she need Drax to throw her over the wall? But yeah, she'll do a full on like, yeah, leaping from wall to wall as they're chasing bacon later. Yeah, and leaping over fences and things. But here she needs to be thrown over Kevin Bacon's gate because, I mean, I imagine some people would show up at stars homes and think to ring the doorbell with those star maps and he obviously turned off his ring camera because he didn't want to be annoyed by these two who i would think would be famous they helped save the earth in endgame i would think that these two would be like celebrities who people would cosplay as that's only the avengers like mantis she didn't get a page in the new york times when it wrote about that story she got some money walking on the Walk of Fame. That was that was their celebrity. <laughs> they could cash that in and get some bar money, some drink money for drinks. That's how they paid for that. But I do laugh at this Kevin Bacon stuff a little bit, that he tries to call the cops and is running from them, and Mantis does leap off the wall. And Okay, I guess I'll be the Scrooge. I'm like, it's not that funny. I, I guess I just feel like there's a lot of this, and dependent on how you feel about these two characters... This is a lot. For me, it's weird that this becomes an action movie or holiday special, like chasing bacon through the streets and then the cops show up. I don't know if we're supposed to be laughing that cops are like just shooting at people indiscriminately or that Drax maybe killed some cops. Like this feels like very weird humor for a holiday special. Like it's so action based. It's just like I'm uncomfortable about laughing at cops shooting people, even though those bullets are tickling Drax. Like, yeah, it doesn't jive for what I think its mission is supposed to be. I was down with Mantis putting cops to sleep. But when Drax flipped the cop car, I was like, damn, are we just killing cops in this? They think they were killed. Yeah, Mantis calls them out. You can't kill the cops. But then she checks on them and they're both okay. Of course, yeah. Yes, because this is on Disney+. Plus. If this were James Gunn, Suicide Squad director... I do think you, there would be more risk here. But I, yeah, just in lots of the signaling, like the cop is a black woman or what have you. Like they don't want you to think about recent painful events with law enforcement. They're hoping that you just go with the physical comedy part of this and not think about real world implications. It is a strange action scene, but I think you need it. I think you need a little bit of action in any Marvel thing. Sure. I don't know. You could cut it down. I would have wanted more of you know, after they get Kevin Bacon, they go Christmas shopping. They got to get decorations for nowhere. Again, that feels like where the appropriate place for humor would have been is making jokes about Christmas decorations or aliens trying to make observations why you would put lights up on your house, that kind of mm. stuff. That feels like it would have been more appropriate. I agree with you there. And now we know where the fanny pack money went. And there must have been a lot of money in that <laughs> fanny pack. I thought they just stole it all. Yeah. She never spends another penny. I felt like that's a lot of stuff they bought. <laughs> I think it's after hours, too. Like, yeah, I don't think the store is open. I think they literally just robbed. And <laughs> again, that is James Gunn's sensibility. You could be outraged that, oh, my God, they're killing cops. They're doing all of this. I actually think they hold back here. There's a joke that they make. They do a setup right here. Once they mesmerize Kevin Bacon and he's going along with their plan, he's telling them about all his movies. And he mentions Friday the 13th. He got an arrow in his neck. 
I'm waiting for that to happen, particularly when Craglin talks about the fact he has arrows that he controls. I'm like, if this were the Suicide Squad, the whole special would end. The stinger would be Kevin Bacon smiling, saying happy holidays and getting an arrow in his neck. (laughs) That would be funny as hell. But Disney ain't going to play that way. And again, so I'm, is that why Gunn left? Is that why he's not going to do part four or be a director in the, I guess there is no room for directors. DC needs a lot more direction yeah. than Marvel does at this point, right? And he said he was always going to be done after part three. He has a story in mind. I believe it to be Rocket's story. And he said that he's going to complete that and be done. That was long before the DC thing. And after the Suicide Squad, he said he had other plans with DC. I didn't realize they were, I'm taking over. But this thing is trying to be more outrageous than your average Christmas special. Again, it's like cop car flipping, gay bar, human trafficking. The joke is that when Kevin Bacon finally gets there, he can't breathe in the box. I mean, there are outrageous Christmas things, though. Like, Bad Santa is outrageous, but it's also about Christmas. I don't feel like the outrageousness here is necessarily Christmas observations, and that would have made more sense to me if you really want to be edgy and push things. Like, do edgy stuff about Christmas in your holiday special. I guess, but maybe you don't want to push Christmas because, you know, that not everyone celebrates that particular religious holiday. It is a holiday special, after all. But... It's Christmas. I mean, they're getting a Christmas gift, and then when they return to nowhere, they have lit this thing up like a Christmas tree. As far as I know, if you're celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, you don't put up a whole lot of lights and a bunch of stars, and they weren't... I mean, Hanukkah is all about lights, but I mean, I I get your point. Yeah, but it's blue lights. I get your point. (laughs) Blue and white. Your point is made that basically... Christmas is at this point a secular celebration for a lot of people that whatever your religion is, you do the Christmas thing of putting up the ornaments of the tree and all of that just as a way of feeling community. And that's the surprise here is that Peter was what off drinking alone in a bar and then Groot leads him out into that courtyard and what was run down and shitty looking at the beginning of the show now feels magical and full of fake snow. Rundown and shitty looking. Can we talk about Groot? Yes. I saw this. I'm like, oh, they don't have money for CGI. Like, they got Rocket, though, in there. But I'm like, they just threw some dude in a rubber Groot suit. But then I saw the trailer for Guardians 3, and this is what Groot looks like. I don't know. He's hitting the steroids or something. I hate this look for Groot. I do, too. It is such a bad look. He is still, I guess, a teenager because he's going to get a Game Boy for Christmas. But, yeah, this is roided up. Groot and I thought it was a suit also there's a point where Peter pats him on the shoulder and it bends and that was all CGI though I looked it up all of it I feel like it had to be a suit and they CGI it's all Vin Diesel right he's not in that suit it's just his voice I figure they're using his voice from the first movie's recording session I liked OG Groot I liked baby Groot I even liked teenage Groot this is a bad look for Groot (laughs) he's an adult now i mean he grew up that's always the phenomenon right child actors he was an adult the first time we saw him this is like roided up teens was he an adult the first time we saw him yeah he was full grown he was tall and lean huh please go rewatch those movies before three (laughs) i will i yeah none of this is coming back to me but all right i believe you 
And Rocket is barely in this, and my reasoning, I just, every time Rocket's on the screen, I just think, well, there's a million dollars. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gets the Winter Soldier arm, that's the punchline. All these jokes feel like jokes they've already told, and that is my resentment. And I brought this up whenever we cover comedies and their sequels, is it's lazy to do a victory lap and go, remember when we made you laugh. How did he get a Winter Soldier arm? Now, this is the first Winter Soldier arm. This is why when people say... You have to see this to understand Guardians 3. It's got to be this Bucky arm, right? Like, there's going to be a huge backstory. You're going to be lost. I'm joking, Stuart. No. I think this is the one that was cut off of him by Iron Man in Civil War. So maybe somebody went there, much like they went down to Dagobah and got Luke's lightsaber. That's like when you want an Apple Watch 8 and your mom gets you the Apple Watch 5 because, like, there's really good deals at Walmart for that one. (laughs) You guys actually thought about where the arm came from. How cute. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, because like Bucky yeah. still has that arm, like he needs it. Well, he has the black and gold arm that was given to him in Wakanda. Oh, okay. Too deep, too deep. Yeah. Yeah, that now you're going too deep for me. <laughs> There's an arm lying around and they got it because that was the joke they told last time. I guess that's it. You guys are overthinking this. My favorite gift was when Groot is giving the little wood sculptures and it depicts this whole holiday special. He gives Kraglin one where it's Kraglin holding Kraglin, holding Kraglin. <laughs> yeah, it's Infinity Kraglins. I like that. That was the one diorama that he gave out that I liked because it was just a weird off-kilter joke. And I do like Kraglin here. He gets like the big moment where they, we're going to get a call back to that original animated Christmas opening. Kraglin getting ready to take Kevin Bacon home and like trying to explain why this was so important to Peter. And Yeah, but is it a gift that Kevin Bacon is going to perform for us? I do remember he was <laughs> one of those actors that had a rock band in the 90s. The Bacon Brothers. Yeah, I didn't ever hear any of their songs. They're getting ready to go on tour in 2023. I got to imagine like they got a big bump from this, the Bacon Brothers. I thought this might be a contractual obligation, like Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. saying, if I'm going to be in this as myself, I have to sing. Yeah. <laughs> but it turned out this was always James Gunn's conception. And Kevin Bacon was like, when I found out I got to perform a song in this, I was just elated. He went on The Tonight Show and did this song, too. I'm not loving the music. This is not the great grabber. There's not a real good hook in here that becomes an earworm in your head. Like, yeah, that first song was way better. Is this the first song to use the word swaddled? I can't think of too many music songs that you swaddled. I know, like that, that is the one word that sticks out is like, <laughs> wow, you really had to work in that reference. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't listening to the lyrics. I was trying not to listen to it at all. I was trying to listen to Peter because, yeah, it's really weird that the star of this franchise has actually been always in the background. But where he lands is you guys got it all wrong. Craglin did not have the correct story. Yondu did come around, and he's the one that gave me my Star-Lord blaster. Yep, and it's Peter's gift to Yondu that started his love of little, like, troll dolls and things on his captain's dashboard. I didn't remember that was a thing. Oh, okay, you really do need to go watch those ones. (laughs) I saw it twice. I saw it once and didn't like it, and then I saw it twice and went, okay. Okay, these are major images and references, though, from those movies. I will say this. Guardians, even though I recommend both of them, are not obviously movies that I cherish and want to return to again. But is it a big deal? Is the greatest gift of all that Mantis... This is a new thing, right? This is another thing that might be considered important, that Mantis has told Peter they're related. 
Yeah, I don't see it as that big of a deal. Plot-wise, it could be in the next one. Yeah, no, plot-wise for the next one, maybe. But if you would have had a whole thing like Peter's, like, I miss my family. I don't have family anymore. Like, then maybe the reveal that you do have a half-sister would be a big deal. But I don't know why Peter cares about this so much. Yeah, he does seem lost. And without Gamora, does he really like any of these other people? I give you that. I wouldn't want to be in nowhere with them. But it turns it into, you know, the feels. Every Christmas special at the end tries to make you want to hug your family and celebrate the season and, you know, smile through your tears. This is that moment. Yeah, we even get Nebula dancing. And I did love that... Cosmo brought Kraglin like a dead animal, as dogs are wont to do. And it ends on the animation. We we have the Ravengers leaving that message in the stars. But it's not the end. There is an end stinger. Mm. I mean, it's a joke. Again, I was prepared for Kevin Bacon with an arrow through his throat, <laughs> arriving to cure Sedgwick dead. But instead, we get Groot doesn't want to be a Christmas tree. And now they have to do another holiday special, which makes me think... Kevin Bacon said, I'll see you at Easter. Easter is right before Guardians 3 comes out. It could happen. Are there Easter specials? I don't remember. It's Easter, Charlie Brown. Like, I don't know if that's as big of a thing. Uh, I mean, Peter Cottontail, maybe. I, I feel like there was a few, but maybe the Easter specials I remember are the old 50s religious pictures that they play. Yeah, I had to watch like 10 commandments yeah. and stuff yeah. at Easter. So maybe they'll do that. I'm picturing the passion of the Groot. Mm, yeah, that could be something. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, and you've now helped me understand why, Rocket and Cosmo and all of that weren't big players here. It's because they're expensive to render. Yeah, I didn't expect Cosmo to be back. So if Cosmo's in part three, this will have at least set that up. But before we get to part three, Jacob Stewart, do you recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Jacob. I mean, I guess the question is, do you return this gift or not since we're putting this out on Christmas? Is this a gift worth keeping? And, you know, I think about, I, I'm not as as humbug as you are, Stuart. I do have some holiday films that I like to watch every year. My Christmas season does not officially start until I've watched Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. <laughs> and it doesn't end until I've watched Cats. I, I stated that last year when we reviewed Cats. And, and there's some in between. I like to watch Elf. I like the 70s Albert Finney Scrooge musical that I grew up with. Like There are a few Christmas specials that I do enjoy. I don't go whole hog. I don't get outside on the roof putting up lights. Like That is not my thing. We're lucky if we have the tree up like a couple of days before Christmas. Like that part of it, I don't know. I don't get into it. There's things from my youth that that are nostalgic, and so I'll watch them on TV a lot of times. But will this enter my pantheon of Christmas specials that I watch? Probably not, because like I said, the, the, my biggest problem is there's not a whole lot of Christmas here. Like, yeah, there's songs and lights, but I feel like the bulk of this story is just about jokes about running around looking for Kevin Bacon. And maybe that's fine. Maybe that's what Guardians fans want. I, I know this is more of a comedic part of the MCU, and, and I go with that. Like, I enjoyed briefly visiting some of these characters. Not Groot. Groot, you gotta get a different look. Don't like it. But look, I'm not gonna be Scrooge. I did smile throughout this. I did like the part where Kraglin's trying to explain how great Christmas is to Peter and, and how big Kevin Bacon is to Peter and how much Peter loves him. Like, Sean Gunn, 
is like the underrated like secret weapon in these Guardians one. Like he's he never has much to do, but like I always like him when he's on screen. He's also the mocap actor for Rocket as well. He's like if you ever seen those behind the scene shots where he's like crouched down in a green spandex suit. But I really like that moment. That made me smile. That little heartwarming moment between Craglin and Kevin Bacon. So I'm not gonna watch it every year, but I think for those that really enjoy the MCU, if you need some more Christmas, yeah, I could give this a, a mild recommend. Stewart. Those are key words. If you enjoy Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It was a big step for me that I put up a tree this year. I had people coming over for Thanksgiving. I'm like, all right, let's do this. But I just don't get into it. Like for many people watching these things or listening to their favorite artists sing Silent Night or whatever is a way of connecting to this feeling. And people want that. They crave that. That's what they're looking for. And I am resistant. It's Actually, I'm not even resistant. I'm ambivalent. I would much rather celebrate Thanksgiving and gratitude or New Year's resolutions. To me, Christmas has always just felt blatantly consumerism. And I just, I don't give gifts. I don't. And I just don't like it. So this feels like a gift I didn't ask for. Like, oh, you like Guardians? I got you some Mantis socks and Drax underwear. Here you go. A gag gift. You know, this is a gag gift. The gag being we made a Footloose joke eight years ago, and now we've made it into a whole holiday special. The positives, this thing passes quickly. It helps me like Mantis more. A few things make me smile. I did like Nebula's assessment. I guess all actors aren't complete pieces of shit. But I will never wear these socks and underwear. I would never want them. It's someone trying to give me something that I didn't ask for. And so I'm going to say, thank you so much. And do you have a receipt? (laughs) So you're returning the gift. (laughs) I am. I'm going to say mild not recommend. Not shocking. I'm just going to (laughs) say not shocked at all by that. And for me... I will admit to being let down. I think I came in, much like Guardians 2, with unrealistically high expectations. And what I got was perhaps too much Mantis. I know that it was like a punchline in previous ones where Mantis would shout and look angry. But here they go to that way too often and she starts to get on my nerves a bit. Drax is also a good supporting character with his punchlines and things, but I don't want to see a Drax movie. So for a Drax Mantis team up, man, does that feel television if anything does. Mm. (laughs) You know, kind of like a Falcon Winter Soldier team up. You just keep taking these supporting characters and giving them their own vehicles on Disney+. Plus. I mean, isn't this a better representation of Mantis than what we got before? Like, I feel like I know her a lot more. I feel like it's the Mantis I knew. I mean, between... Guardians 2 and Infinity War, I felt like there was enough Mantis. Mm-hmm. The right amount of Mantis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. I guess it was helpful for me to focus on a character that when they're a part of an ensemble, I never notice. But I do like the Kevin Bacon stuff. I do like this culmination of that eight-year-old joke, I guess. I think that... It's funny to have Kevin Bacon play himself. It's great because Kevin Bacon's now doing interviews for this. He didn't know he was name-dropped in Guardians, and he went weekend of release and then called up his wife, Kira Sedgwick, and said, oh, we have to go back and see Guardians again, this time with you, because there's something in it you'll enjoy. (laughs) He had no idea that they were going to make those lines, and now for him to become part of this as himself, it's fun. You know, did I love this? Absolutely not. 
Did I like it enough? I'm not going to be a Scrooge. I'm going to give it a mild recommend also. It's not the greatest thing. It's not the greatest thing Disney Plus has ever produced. Hawkeye is a better Christmas representation. Agreed. For Marvel than this. But this is good enough. I just hope that Guardians 3 is better than good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it's not a sign that they don't have any ideas. And of course it isn't. This is a toss away. They will have things for all these characters to do. Stuart, watch that trailer. They have a sea otter, like rocket in it. It's amazing. Oh, no, oh, okay. All right. I will see this, I'm sure. I will be forced to, I will be sitting in lots of movie theaters <laughs> in the weeks and months to come. I will see this trailer many, many times. Yes, we have a lot of weekend of release shows coming up in 2023 but before we get there let me just thank all of our listeners for being with us this entire year or if you're just brand new and discovering us early on here thank you for joining us for this episode it's been a great year and hopefully this little extra stocking stuffer shows a little bit of our gratitude to you for being one of our listeners that's why I'm glad we did this. I couldn't care less about the special, but I'm always grateful to tell our fans how great they are and how much they mean to me. Oh, I might cry. Get me the eggnog. You are you are <laughs> sentimental, Stuart. We'll break that cold heart of yours yet. Mm. <laughs> so thank you again for listening. And our next Marvel review isn't going to be all that long. It's just in February when a couple of the Avengers, Avengers Assemble! the part where Yandu kicked over the tree. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode in the now playing Avengers Retrospective Series. Lucky for us, we got the best seats in the house. Part of our Marvel Comics Movie Retrospective Series. Your work has impressed a lot of people who are much smarter than I am. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We're adjourned. We're adjourned for the day. Okay. You've been a delight. Head to NowPlayingPodcast.com to hear reviews of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. From Iron Man to Guardians of the Galaxy to Endgame, we've reviewed every Marvel film at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Good luck keeping up. And while at our website, you can find reviews of other Marvel movies, including the Fox X-Men, Deadpool, Daredevil, and Fantastic Four films, New Line Cinema's Blade Trilogy, The Punisher movies, Sony's Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Venom films, and dozens more. I'm bringing the party to you. You can also find reviews of every DC Comics movie, plus hundreds of other movie reviews of series like A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Fast and the Furious, Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park, and more. Find over 1,000 in-depth movie review podcasts at nowplayingpodcast.com. Therefore, what I'm saying, if I'm saying anything, is welcome back. 
Subscribe to Now Playing on your podcast app of choice and get an all-new movie review every single week. We're gonna knock their socks off. Want even more Now Playing reviews? By being a Now Playing patron or donor, you can get two reviews each week. Is it too much of a problem to ask? Because I'm, I'm... Okay, okay. I really need your help here. Now Playing is an independent podcast without any sponsors or ads. We rely on listener support to keep our show going. Are you going to step up or not? Donate to our show, and as our thank you, receive bonus podcasts. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Supporters get perks including bonus podcasts every Friday, the ability to listen to us live, and you can even pick a movie for us to review and join us on the podcast. We need heroes. We need you. Find all the details at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. It's a small price to pay for salvation. You can also compare notes with us on Letterboxd. Go to letterboxd.com forward slash now playing to see what our hosts are watching when we're not recording podcasts. And follow Now Playing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. It's strange. Maybe. Who am I to judge? Now Playing Podcast is produced by Arnie Carvalho. Well, multi-platform global operation. Associate produced by Jason Latham. He's pretty good at that, right? Now Playing is edited by Arnie. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, cat. I'm always angry. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. Are you making your voice deeper? No, <gasps> you are. just did it again. You're the gun, This man. is my voice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of Venganza Media Incorporated. Just stick to the official statement and soon this will all be behind you. Venganza Media Incorporated is not affiliated with and this podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created the film analyzed herein. All movie clips and music included in this podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. You really think just because you have an idea, it belongs to you? Now Playing Podcast is an exclusive trademark of and may not be used without the express written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated. On behalf of the Time Variance Authority, I hereby arrest you for crimes against the sacred timeline. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2022, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, fellas. Hey, wait, where are you going? I've got so many more stories to tell. No! That was the main bad guy. That was the Megatron for GoBots, that motorcycle guy. God, I don't want to do that series. Please don't make this movie. <laughs> the Beast War trailer dropped too. There's another Transformers film for you. Optimus Primal is coming for you. <laughs>